everyone always has something to say relative to education. I think the fact that so many people have opinions and perspectives on the schools is wonderful. School districts are very complicated. I will tell you that assumptions get made and sometimes they're correct and many times they are not. And I want to help people understand. We are educating kids for their future, not our past. titled Lonely at the Top. Everybody's heard this, right? Everybody's heard this and nobody knows really what that means until you actually get to a leadership position because I think most people would say, well, how could it possibly be lonely? You're surrounded by people and everybody around you is supposed to be there to you know, serve the greater purpose and really kind of do what you ask them to do. So why is it lonely? Um, Jeff, I want to ask you specifically, why is leadership in education lonely and what can we do about it? Well, I do think that is, that's the right question. And I think I'd like to start by answering your question with a question for you. You've been a leader in a variety of environments. You have also supported other leaders um, in a lot of ways. You've been very supportive of me. So I guess my question to you is, why do you think leadership is lonely in general? Because we know this is a constant discussion. We are not the ones to discover that it's lonely at the top. That's been discovered and understood for a long time. But let me ask you, why do you think leadership in general is lonely? And then I'll build specifically on that relative to educational leadership. Yeah. Well, there's there's multiple aspects of it. I, I think one way to look at it as an example is if you're a parent, you don't you bear the responsibility of supporting your family and taking care of your children. And at the same time, you don't want to share every little detail of that experience with them because to some extent they can't do anything about that. Um, They don't know what to do with that information. And to a large extent, that's really your job to bear that responsibility. And so I think what we don't expect as leaders potentially is that we're not going to have anybody to talk to about the weightier issues. Um, I also think that timing is always a factor in that sort of thing. And a lot of times you don't have the answer to a question that everybody's asking. And so it's kind of lonely not to have that answer. I think that... um, Sometimes the burdens and the worries of that position are yours and yours alone, and it's just not, it's not productive, right? And because maybe a situation hasn't played itself out, right? And so a lot of times what you are faced with is you are inside your own head a lot, right? And you don't really... Um, you, I think it's probably, you probably do have someone to talk to. You just don't know who that might be or how much you might be able to say. Right. And so I think that's part of the, the burden of, of being a leader and part of the loneliness of it. 
So what I hear you saying is, number one, you have to gather a lot of information for which you don't always want to share. It's not always healthy to share every piece of information that you gather specific to your decision-making process. And sometimes, let's face it, you don't know. And yet people look to leaders to know, to have the answer. And that makes it tricky. Well, from the educational perspective, I can tell you that from my first experience of being a teacher leader to being a principal to every leadership position I've ever had, um, multiple times, I've had people say to me directly or in a very passive aggressive manner that they pay my salary. They somehow want me to know that they pay my salary, which is interesting and I think very specific to that educational leadership position. And of course, you can imagine why they're sharing that. They're saying, number one, you answer to me. And number two, I hope that this goes the way that I expect it to. Right. Right. Now, you're a taxpayer. Do you have any idea when I was superintendent of Fulton County, how much of your money that you paid actually went to my salary? By the way, I don't know either. Probably not a whole no. lot, yeah. right? Right, right. A fraction. But <laughs> there's constantly that pressure. Sure. I can tell you, if you're an educational leader and you live in the very community that you work, your eyes are darting everywhere when you're in a grocery store. Really? And the reason you're, number one, is in your grocery store, you're sometimes pressed for time. And if you get stopped, it often won't be just a casual conversation. Right. Somehow, some way, someone's going to pull you into their educational dilemma, which could be, you know, maybe just giving them some advice, or they want to sway you in one way, shape, or form. Right. And here's the what you're really nervous about. They're going to look at what's in your basket. <laughs> and, and you laugh, but it's true. And you have to start thinking about there is this image that you're constantly trying to portray. And I'm not going to say that as an educational leader, you're a celebrity. You're not. I don't know what that's like. Right. But you are known. You are often known in the community. Right. You're certainly a public figure. You are a public figure. And here's what is the kicker. This is why there's so much pressure. Because there is so much at stake. As a leader, you have to make decisions or guide strategies or systems that impact what people care about most, their children. All parents love their children. No matter what, they love their children and they want what's best. Mm -hmm. And they will love their children first and foremost, beyond other kids, as they should. And therefore, that pressure Walking around, whether you're working or off, is always on your shoulders and literally you can't shake it because you are leading something that is not only noble as we've talked about before, but is so impactful. You're touching the very thing people care about most, right. their kids. And I think that's a weight that's very unique. Yeah. It's unique to leadership in general. So you think it's pervasive? I do. Okay. I do. I think that it is going to be different regarding, you know, what level you're leading. Mm -hmm. But I think that this is common. And I think that educational leaders experience it sometimes from day one. This amazing shift as soon as they've raised their hand, whether they're getting paid as a leader or not, as soon as they raise their hand 
to lead, they feel a different kind of pressure that's palpable. So this is a real important issue, Jeff. How does it relate specifically to education? Well, uh, one thing, education has a, a culture and a nuance to it. It's leading in education naturally is going to be different. And I will tell you that just the very reason people go into education is because, well, we've talked about this before, they have a heart for kids, they have a heart for learning. They don't enter it expecting a command and control environment. That's actually not how the educational leader gets anything done. There's sometimes you have to make hard decisions, of course, but it is different than, say, leading in the military. And I've ne never led in the military. I have uh, read about leading in the military and, and you know, heard many leaders. There was a great book called Be No Do that I read years ago, which is fascinating. Talks about leadership in the military forces, the army specifically. And I remember reading it and thinking, number one, I would not be prepared to make those kinds of decisions in that particular way, um, even though sometimes I wish I could. Sure, just bark orders. Right, Yeah. and you know, they have to bark orders in a very specific and strategic way, and they are taught to follow orders in a way because, you know, life and death, death depends on it, right? Educators have to lead differently. You have to influence. I hate to use the word manipulate, but at times you have to impact people's thinking so they will line up. The educational leaders constantly has to look over your shoulder because you can lead, but if you look behind you and no one is with you, well, then you better backtrack. This is not something you can just expect. Since I have this position or title, then therefore people will do what I tell them to do, that's not the case whatsoever. We just don't have that culture. And so it comes, you know, there's some different styles and strategies. And I guess number the reason it's really important to understand loneliness in education is when you're lonely, it impacts your decisions. How's it, that? Well, I, I do think that naturally, when you are feeling lonely and vulnerable, you are um, more likely to get into this, what is a political game on making decisions based upon political wins yeah. versus what's best. And I think being that educational decisions are so important and impact so many people, hundreds and thousands of kids, my hope is that leaders make the right decision as opposed to what's politically popular at the time. And when you're lonely, I do believe you're more apt to be swayed. Right, so there can be a negative impact if you don't recognize that this is, this is a factor and have a strategy to overcome it. Absolutely. So does everyone face it at every level? Uh, what, what are some examples of it? Like what would somebody be feeling at different levels? So when we talk about leadership and education, it's one thing to know that, you know, like we've said before, you don't, you don't do anything alone as a leader. When, I think about you know my time as a principal or a superintendent, I didn't do anything alone. Anything of value, I rarely did alone. You do through a process, a decision-making process. Sometimes you build consensus, sometimes you try to empathize and sympathize and use data that you collect to make decisions. But decisions are made at all levels in education. So for example, I think the PTA presidents, 
in our schools. I think just the volunteers, as soon as they raise their hand to do or to be one of those 20% people that does 80% of the work, they feel a different kind of pressure. When a teacher decides, I will be willing to be the department head in this high school, well, their reputation will change overnight specific to their peers. And people will look at them differently and talk about them differently behind their back. Yeah. So That's whether a topic you are, for another it is whether you are a teacher, whether you are a PTA leader, if you are a principal, you know overnight you shift maybe from being responsible for thirty students or however many students were in your classes when you were a teacher, to now being responsible for every kid in the school. Right. And by the way, not even having direct influence with every child, but working with others or through others to impact that child. This educational dilemma of loneliness in terms of leadership is pervasive. I, I do think everyone faces it to a degree. It's going to be different no matter what. Mm. But as soon as a parent raises their hand and says, I will be one of the 20% to do 80% of the work and I will join the PTA and potentially be a you know, PTA president or vice president, they will face a different kind of pressure and loneliness. When a teacher says, I will be willing to serve as the department chair. When somebody shifts from, say, the teaching side to the administrative side, they will feel it overnight. My first day as a principal, I had started the summer prior. I had been working with my staff. I felt like, you know, we were off to a good start. Everyone was being very collegial and getting along. We had a very good opening day, which was, of course, nerve-wracking. But when the bell rang and all the students ended up in their classrooms, I found myself alone in the hallway, as lonely as can be. And this should have been the ultimate high for me. Right, that moment. First day of school, <laughs> kids are in classrooms, no right. one's bleeding. Right, yeah. Right? yeah. People were happy. Right. And I felt a loneliness that was just, I was, it's memorable. Yeah. And I knew this because all of a sudden I realized I don't have 30 kids anymore. My job as principal in elementary school is to be responsible for all of the children, all 500 plus of them. And they're not directly mine. I now have to work through teachers to impact students, which by the way is a marvelous job to have. But that loneliness five minutes into the first day of school was obvious. And the next time I experienced it was when I walked into the staff room. Yeah. You walk into the staff room, people can be nice and friendly, but conversation changes when the leader enters a social environment. Those are a couple of very specific examples that I have felt throughout my entire career since taking that post as a principal. So you, you mentioned something very tactical before, like, okay, the, the, you know, the students are all in their classes. I've got nothing to do related to that. Um, or, you know, the staff comes in the staff, you know, in the, in the, in the room and you've got to have a staff meeting. Talk about how fear may, have fact, may factor into loneliness. Well, I think the, the fear comes from the burden. You mentioned having nothing to do. That's actually not the case. The, the challenges, the things that you are going to do is going to have a ripple effect through lots and lots of people. Yeah. 
And so the fact is you take a different level of ownership over the overall culture, climate, and results of particular, whether that be that school, the business that you're leading, it's all on you. And so that is a very scary place to be. When children, for example, don't succeed, even though you're not the ones teach, you're not the one teaching them, when they don't succeed or they're not meeting their potential, you as a leader have to say, "That's on me." Right. Something I did not do, or we did not do together, did not provide the necessary atmosphere or structure or focus for that those students, and we can do better. Right. I can do better. Well, I find that that is a very scary place to be, but, you know, and as we get into it, because I'm not trying to talk leaders out of their role, I think it's really about owning that because you can make a dramatic difference in many, many people's lives by owning that fear. Right. So, Jeff, you went from being a principal to being the superintendent of three different school districts as that responsibility level scaled up and the districts became bigger and bigger. How did the effect or the impact of loneliness change? Well, I think you begin to lose peers. So, for example, as a principal, um, it is it is lonely. There are some days where you are it. Um, fortunately, you do have other principals in the school district for which you can rely on and call and talk to. And that, that happens is, a lot? It does. Does that happen? Okay. It does, yeah. especially in a healthy environment. I, I will say there are times where, and I know there are school districts that may have some cultural challenges where you know, some of the leaders are not getting along. And of course that happens because we are people. But it, it does happen. Principals are, for example, really help one another. And, um, you know, that helps with that loneliness. Now, as a superintendent, that changes because you are the only one. Right. Right. So you have to have um, other avenues on reaching out. But in a school district, depending upon the size, everyone really is looking either up to you to make the right decision or create the right process. And school boards who you are working with and for are looking down to you to make sure that you are doing right on behalf of communities. Right. So there's an extra level of scrutiny and there's an extra level of being a public figure that goes along with being a superintendent as well. Well, yes. And the fact is your relationships go are further and further away from kids. So you have to shift your focus on systems understanding that your decisions have this ripple effect that actually land in the school, which is what is most important, right? Is setting the conditions in the school environment for which you are not working in daily. And so naturally that creates its own level of complexity and loneliness. Right, and I think people listening are starting to identify, if they haven't already, they've identified an area where they feel alone, where they don't feel like they have someone they can go to, um, they, they don't have the right peer group. So let's talk practically. What can be done about loneliness in leadership as it relates to education? Talk about some strategies. Yeah, so I'm gonna, even before I jump into strategies, a couple of things that I think people need to be wary of and understand is that when, when things do become lonely, like I said before, they often 
can the decisions can become watered down and politically motivated and we we need to recognize when that's happening leaders need to recognize when that's happening and that's kind of this gut check moment you know i can tell you that i've had in every position leadership position i've had when i was a principal i had teachers that would say i never want your job i never want to do that right right and there's nothing wrong with that um every leadership position i've had people say I would want your job, and I wouldn't want it. (laughs) Right. Right? And so, um, you know, I think that, you know, the loneliness of the job sometimes um, deters people, natural leaders, from going into the job, which is a shame. It burns people out as well. So the reason I think this topic is so important is because if you understand that it will be lonely, if your eyes are wide open to that, you can also navigate it and create strategies. So, for example, when it comes to almost remedies, there's no silver bullet to this. It is going to be tough and it is going to be lonely, but I will say the first step is to make sure that you have a peer group that you can rely on. So, you need people outside of your daily environment that understand job-alike peers who you can get together with you can vent with, and they will actually understand what that venting means. It's really important. And I'm not talking about creating, you know, whining sessions. Venting is so you can talk and actually take a breath and then move beyond it. Right, And, you know, potentially help one another and collaborate and come up with some new strategies on that. But you do need a peer group outside of your day-to-day environment who understand. You also need to find peer groups that don't have your title. I, I, I really yeah. believe in this, and I think that this doesn't happen often. I think leaders should work with other leaders who don't understand that job, and right. you don't understand their job. Right. I will say that you know there is this nuance to educational leadership, but I've also learned more about leadership from leaders outside of the organization at times than I have Internally, So cross-pollinization is a real thing here. Absolutely. I mean, right. so, you know, yeah. you and I are a pretty good example, right? We have, we have a group of men that we work with. And, right. And nobody in the group is an educator. But I have learned from other leaders. I have learned from you and hopefully vice versa. Oh, yeah. And there are, right, crossover strategies and things that we can understand. And there's some things that we can't. And that's where we learn. Right, so I think having peer groups and having groups of leaders that you can't, that can't relate directly to you and vice versa is important. I do think it's important to strive towards the concept of balance. The dilemma with this is, you know, it it wakes up with you, it goes to bed with you in terms of this pressure, and you have to find something where you can turn off for a while. And it's probably. A, you know, the concept of being well-balanced. I can't really help people with that. I'm not a great example of it, but you do need to find something. Whether, you know, it is running or reading or doing something where you cannot think about the work or is the loneliness. Yeah. Or the loneliness right. is, is, is really important. Right, so I think you're talking about distractions as much as balance, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. You said something about decisions being watered down or politically motivated. Is that the term you used? Yes. Talk a little bit more about that. Well, let's, let's think of it this way. The, the educational leader, when um, they are looking, when they are struggling through issues of feeling alone mm-hmm. or isolated, 
they often will look towards relationships to help remedy that, right? They, they want to get along with people. True, yeah. And as I they do, that. sometimes it's easy to get um, swayed and pulled in different directions as it relates to adult issues. Right. And the really amazing educational leaders know how to shift away from focusing on adult issues and focusing on the kid first which is sometimes really difficult to do. But I do think loneliness impacts one's ability to sometimes have the right filter in a day-to-day basis. And at times, you know, seeking comfort in your decisions as it relates to making adults, other adults comfortable, is not what's best for kids. Mm. And I think that happens. I think that happens. Talk a little bit, to the extent that you can, about how how this impacts your home life? Well, I actually think the one thing that's interesting about being an educational leader is it's not only your identity, but often the identity of your entire family, right? Sometimes your children become known as, you know, the kids of the principal. Right. Or, you know, your wife or your husband becomes known as the spouse of blank, whatever that position is. And they too are uncomfortable watching a baseball game or in the grocery store because people want to talk about school all the time. And they will want inside info. Big topic, yeah. And they will ask and, you know, pepper your spouse or your significant other relative to why did the following things happen? Or they will spread rumors intentionally to see how your spouse will react to it. They will sometimes ask your kids certain questions to get at or pick on certain decisions that are going to be made or were made. And it's really difficult. I can tell you that I have been a superintendent, uh, when I was superintendent in Canby, Oregon, um, small town, one high school, school district, uh, more rural than urban, and a wonderful place to live. Well, I remember going through really difficult decisions on laying off lots of people, mm. right? There were, we were having revenue issues and some major budget decisions need to be made, and I had to make recommendations that was going to impact many of my neighbors. Wow. Because not only may they have will be losing their jobs, but people were losing the jobs who were loved, yeah. Right. A particular right. teacher that was loved by certain teacher kids of the year or whatever, that may yeah. be living in your neighborhood sure. would look at you cross-eyed because right. you had had to make a decision specific to somebody that they loved. Right. And so, wow. right, that was not only hard, say, for me, but that becomes hard for my wife and my children because that gets talked about. When lives are impacted, and this is a people business as we have described, well, that creates a pressure that you have to live with every day. And so does your family. So this is not just something you do. It's something that your family has to own, whether they want it or not. And I think it's really, really hard. You're, You're in a situation where you have to make the decision to, you know, heavy decision to lay people off. Well, there's a whole discussion about that happening that you're not overhearing. It's well, happening about you because of you. It's, so there's there's that that's one aspect that I don't think we covered in the intro, right? Which is, you know, part of loneliness is 
being comfortable or getting comfortable with loneliness is getting comfortable with the fact that there's a conver- there are multiple conversations out there about you and the decisions you make that you cannot overhear, you can't defend. They impact not just you, they impact your family because you're you're a part of the community. Well, I think that that's, that's a very important detail that if I missed, I'm glad you brought it out because I think both if, you are, if you are a leader, say, of a particular corporation where people rely on you, right? the people within the organization, well, they'll be talking about you. Right? They'll be talking about decisions that are made, how they feel about you know, what is happening within the context of the company or the particular yeah. culture of the company. However, when you take an educational leadership position, people will talk about you all the time because you're impacting a wide swath of people. So you have to understand that almost on a daily basis, in a variety of homes throughout the community, people are talking about you or your decisions or your strategies in one way, shape, or another. Right. And you have to be aware of that knowing it. I mean, think of it this way. You're a parent, right? How often do you and your wife and your friends talk about teachers? Oh, All yeah. the time, right? Oh, yeah. How sure. often do you talk about what's going well in school or what's not? Yeah, all the time. And sometimes it's, you know, you're praising and often it's criticism. Sure. Criticism, no offense, Jason, but based upon probably a lack of information. But your lens is the most important lens because you're looking at it in terms of how it impacts your own kid. Right. Right. As you should. That's your job as a parent. Yeah. And yet you don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but you are making judgments about it, and you are talking about the very people who have to weigh in and lead it. You know what's easy about that? I'll tell you what's easy about that. And this, I don't know if this will come as a surprise to people in your role, but before I met you, I didn't know the name of the, sc- the superintendent of the schools, four of my kids. You know what I mean? I have four kids, and I don't even know who the superintendent of the school system was, but I knew there was one, and I sure could talk about that person, male or female, right? Like I could, I could basically make comments on the state of things and and implicate them as the ultimate responsibility of it, and and so that's, you know, I'm I'm not sure where I was headed with that. Well, I, I but. think it's an important <laughs> point because keep this in mind as we talk about leadership. This isn't just leadership relative to being a superintendent. Oh, As yeah. I said before, yeah. I think that if you are a principal, yeah. you're going to be talked about in homes much. Possibly and more. It, oh, <laughs> I pr- no, it's not even possibly. I guarantee it more, yeah. right? Because right, right. you're closer. Sure. Right? So they're you're going accessible. to look at to the accessible, close leader exactly. who really is on the front lines every single day in terms sure. of creating conditions at a school. Yeah. And yeah. the correlation between the success or lack thereof of a school and a principal is tight. And therefore, you'll be talked about a lot. I believe that if you are a particular teacher, you are talked about in homes more than people talk about the superintendent. Yeah. So yeah. this isn't just about superintendent leadership. Yeah. It's as soon as you raise your hand and say, I think I can help in that particular way, which is beyond my current scope, and I will expand my scope to influence more people. Take a deep breath, because you will you will be impacted by some of this loneliness and isolation. Right. 
what are a couple of other things you have to get comfortable with? Well, I think that I mentioned I mentioned a few things I would recommend. Yeah. Um, there, there's no dramatic remedy for all of this, but I will tell you, um, and maybe you just summarize the whole thing by saying, despite sometimes the negativity of being isolated and feeling lonely, being a leader in something that is as important as impacting the trajectory of a life. Yeah. There is nothing more noble and empowering than that. And I have found and will continue to find the loneliness worth it. Yeah. Um, I do think leaders need to go into it with their eyes wide open that they will experience this. And they can't just tough their way through it. Mm. This is not something you can just rub dirt on and be okay. Because Mm -hmm. over time, if you don't have some ways of managing those issues uh, for yourself... Well, then they will get to you and you will burn out. Right. So just go into it with eyes wide open and then just recognize the beauty. Because if you, like I've said before, go to sleep worried about other people as a leader, you should be able to sleep really well. Mm -hmm. And my next piece would be for people who are not in a leadership position. I would ask that you put some extra energy into trying to sympathize for that leader. And if you've never been a leader yourself... Well, then empathize because leaders will do a better job when they feel supported. It doesn't mean you have to agree with everything they do, but you have to support them. Or if you do, they will be better for it. Mm. I promise you, you are not going to finger point a leader into being better. You're not going to be able to shame them into being a better leader. Making them feel worse about themselves and their leadership is not going to help them sleep well and be ready for the next day. It doesn't work that way. It may feel good for you, but I will tell you that if you care not only about your own children, but children beyond your own, think about how you can support leaders, even if you don't know them. Think about certain positive things you can say in an environment as soon as we get into our complaining and our whining relative to certain things happening in the school, you find some sort of positive narrative you can bring to the table. Those things do have a ripple effect and make a difference to that leader. And ultimately, don't we want our leaders to be great? If they're impacting us, we need to think about how we support them at any level and especially at the educational level just because there's so much on the line. Jeff, as we wrap it up here, talk about what somebody can do as a first step. I'm listening to this podcast. I'm tracking right there with you. I've had the grocery store moment. Um, I'm contemplating maybe the the position I'm in now and the the isolation that I'm feeling and then whether or not I want to move forward and move up. Um, But I know I got to confront this now. Otherwise, I'm really not going to want to move up and move forward and, and advance. Talk to me about what I can do right now, right away. So I'll first speak to the leader. And uh, I would say to the leader, just be prepared. Know how you're going to react. Think about the most mature uh, and responsible way to react when you're in the grocery store. Think about what you pay attention to and what you politely ignore. And really, be ready for that. There's a strategy. There is a strategy. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's a matter of listening and empathizing with with the person who's talking with you and not giving an answer. Just letting them know you appreciated their time and that you hope they have a great day and you move on. Sometimes leaders just need to know what to ignore for their own self-preservation. 
if you're stepping into a leadership role, I would, I would ask you not to assume you can tough it out or that, you know, that you have your own strategy and therefore maybe you don't even need one because, you know, you're just a really hard worker. Hard work doesn't derail loneliness. So come up with what you're going to do to manage and take care of yourself. And then I would ask that those listening that maybe not be in a leadership position, or if, even if you are, think about another leader and, and ask yourselves, what can I do to support them? Whether I have a direct line of communication or not, what can I do to support leaders, especially if they're making decisions on behalf of my children or people I care about? to Leading Education with Jeff Rose, hosted by Jason Pace and Jeff Rose, and recorded at Serendipity Labs in Alpharetta, Georgia. We are produced and edited by Carson Pace. Our theme music is by Full Year of Panic. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. We'll see you next week.